All right, hello everyone. <laughs> Welcome to the Laura Canfield Show, the Awakening Happiness Now Global Series. I was making that weird face because, you know, sometimes Zoom is weird and I wonder, did I press the right button? I think so, but it's happened really quickly, so we'll see. So today, my good friend Elizabeth Wood is back with us, and I'm so excited. We are going to be talking about the shift of humanity into Homo Luminous. So I, we always have so much fun. We always have a lot to talk about. So some of what we're going to talk about today is what's the true nature of change and time, how to take advantage of what the earth is laying out for us now using quantum healing and Indra's net, who are we becoming and what will that be like, and how to navigate into being a new version of humanity, the opportunity that you and me and we all came for. So for those of you who don't know Elizabeth, she's been on our show many times. We love having her. There's the information and wisdom that flows through her is um, amazing to say the least. She is considered an advanced seer and she works on the cutting edge of galactic and quantum anthropology, trauma healing and futurism. And with her lifelong ability to see into and work with all dimensions, her theoretical and psychic work has helped people all over the world She's called the Living Library and Oracle, and she has spent her whole life studying anthropological theory, quantum physics, ancient and modern medicine. She has two science degrees, including a master's in applied anthropology and her philosophies and practices bridge science and spirituality to support real change in the world. So I'm so happy that Elizabeth is here to share with us and explain some things because there's so much going on right now that we might be wondering what the heck is happening right now. So Elizabeth, welcome back to the show. So glad you're here. Thank you. I'm glad we got to do it at yeah, the same. right time. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's always at the right time, right? Everything happens at the right time. Always. Always. <laughs> so um, I'm just going to say really quickly before we get into the whole thing, you know, I was, I've been thinking about you for the past couple of weeks, right? Because I know that you have like two science degrees. And this summer, I decided to go back to university to finish my degree. And one of the classes I'm taking is on neuroscience. <laughs> and I'm like, after 25 years taking a course and I choose neuroscience, am I crazy? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's like, um, you know, I was smart when I was younger. Now I'm not sure if I'm that smart, but it's like, oh my God. But it's so interesting. And um, so I'm really enjoying it. And, I'm, and so when I was reading your description again right now, it's like, she has two degrees in science. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Work, but it's it's worth our efforts. Um, you know, especially now because science is never final. <laughs> That's mm. the point. <laughs> it's True. a discovery process that works. And it works for humans. Um, and so that's how I like to apply it to spirituality too. The science of spirituality is mysticism. Um, and I've studied and been trained in mysticism longer now than I have um, spent time in the university. So I was in the university for 10 years and um, now I've been doing mysticism for almost 15 years. Wow, time just flies by so fast. And like, you know, the, the work that you're doing is something that is so relevant. And especially right now is when things are changing all the time, it's like, we are in this ma massive and major flux, you know, and it's, car it's kind of hard to even wrap our head around what is happening, right? What, what are we going through? What is the next evolution of, of humanity, the next evolution of us? And how can we navigate that with more ease <laughs> and grace? Um, 
because sometimes you know there are moments when it's it doesn't feel that ease filled now i i just want to say really quickly because I, I just jumped into the conversation but if you we are going to be taking live caller questions so if you have a question for elizabeth and i'm sure you all will you can raise your hand or you can type the question in the chat so we will be taking live caller questions uh because elizabeth always loves talking to yeah. the, the audience and taking questions and we learn a lot from each other's questions as well. So, so much comes through from the questions that we're asking. So please do um, ask, ask away. So, so Elizabeth, this, you know, we are becoming homo luminous, but, but in the process of becoming homo luminous, what can we do or how can we experience this change or gradual shift with more ease? It is gradual, but it's extremely powerful and people in order to do it well, you need to understand what's happening to you and what's happening to the planet and the solar system and the galaxy. And this is astrophysics. So those of you who've heard me speak before, you've heard me often urge people to look carefully at what's going on with the galactic 12,000 year cycle. Mm -hmm. Now, we are at the end of an 800,000 year cycle as a galaxy. And so our planet and the galaxy have gone through 12, excuse me, 66, 12,000 year cycles. So we're at the 66th. And the last time anybody saw a brand new human species was 800,000 years ago when Homo erectus became Homo sapien. Hmm. And of course there was a lot of other human species around, but because Homo sapien was uh, far more advanced, we ended up pretty much through the ability to adapt while everybody else couldn't as easily, taking over simply because we happen to be more adaptable. Mm. And that is important because you are the child of the survivors of all of these cycles. And there's the, these cycles are broke up into bits and pieces too. So there's a halfway cycle. So 6,000 years ago, there was a big, huge shift too, but it wasn't as dramatic as the last 12,000 year cycle. When you look at the last 12,000 year cycle, like every single 12,000 year cycle, there's a big die off because the electromagnetic field of the earth goes into an excursion. It literally goes internal and disappears. And that's exactly what's happening to you right now. So right now we're about almost 40% of our electromagnetic field is gone. And people right now, they're, they're, that sounds panicky. Like <laughs> what, <laughs> how come nobody talks about this? Well, they don't want you to know. So now you know, now you know some stuff that the, the elite in control don't want you to know. They don't want you to know about this because they really do want to see most humans not exist anymore on this planet. Now, that of course is not up to them. That's up to us as individuals and the power of the human consciousness. Now, every cycle, there was a certain amount of people on the planet. This time, there are more people on the planet at the end of this age than any other time nearly combined. Mm. So that means that everyone's here for a really, really big event. And that event is the becoming of a new species. 
but species don't slowly become new species. That's a misunderstanding of evolutionary biology. Um, Stephen Jay Gould was able to show us how species actually become new species. And it's through what's called punctuated equilibrium. So there's these big events that happen very quickly. And it's because beings and species get put under a lot of pressure. And that's no different than what's happening now. So meanwhile, as the electromagnetic field disappears, you and me are getting bombarded with all sorts of new stuff from space. It's very literal. Some of it's not even measurable because we don't have tools to measure it. Some of it is. A lot of people, almost everyone I'm talking to all over the world right now are having trouble growing plants because they're either getting burned up in the sun, they're not germinating, they're germinating really weird. Some of them are starting to grow upside down instead of right side up. All of these are clues that that electromagnetic field is disappearing. They're getting burned up even because now instead of UVB, UVA, UVB rays, now we have UVC for the first time in 12,000 years showing up on the planet. Now, we don't have any clear documentation about exactly what this is gonna do to the human body because 12,000 years ago, the best that they could do to share what they knew about what was going on was to leave monoliths and leave stuff carved into stone for us to perceive. And most of us have no access to that information. Um, unfortunately, my specific science, anthropology and archeology span have been deeply suppressed. Um, I think it should be honestly taught to, you know, kindergartners all the way through all schooling about what is the human, um, but it's not. And you don't get to even touch on that until you go to college, if you go to college. And most of the time, nobody even pays attention to that. So it's a shame because this science is extremely important to what we're doing right now. So the other thing that's happening is all this new stuff from space, what's it gonna hit first when it hits your body? It's gonna hit your head, right? right? So it's actually coming through the crown and it's affecting the human mind dramatically and we actually are seeing right now all these animals kind of going crazy like they're they're doing stuff they've never done before and people who've been say watching them the blue martins for example who like clockwork for decades and decades and decades people could literally um knew they knew exactly what day the blue martins were going to show up they have left three weeks early. Hmm. Um, there's, there's animals, the, the Canadian geese are showing up in towns three months early. Um, animals are, are getting confused because they depend on, especially birds, the electromagnetic field, and now it's not there. Mm -hmm. So you're gonna continue to see more and more of this. But what's happening to humans is, People are feeling overwhelmed. They are having more emotional outbursts. They feel out of control. They feel like they're absolutely going crazy. They are feeling like the temptations that they have are unbearable. 
they are going through depression and anxiety. Some people are starting to go back into addictive processes that they might have given up decades ago. Um, the people's trauma is literally just pouring out of them because these energies are causing trauma to show up. And it's not just trauma that you can remember, it's all the stuff you can't remember too, and it shows up as physical pain. So the human body is going through the ringer. Now, this has been a pretty rough year. And I would say, you know, yes, this has been happening for many years, but we've kind of crossed a threshold now where all this is starting to show up in a more dramatic way. We're coming, we're coming up on that fifth, that halfway mark. And we don't know exactly how fast this is happening, but we do know that this electromagnetic field disappearing is actually happening by an exponential rate. So it's happening faster and faster every day. And meanwhile, the earth is actually spinning faster, literally. You can look all the, every single thing I'm saying is written in peer reviewed articles and, and worth considering a, to take a look at it so that you feel like you know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Part of what happens to folks is that, that this stuff freaks them out and they, they want to, you know, they want to keep their eye on the ball of the golden age, but there's a long road to get there. And that long road is going to be tough and it is tough right now. It's tough. It's tough for all of us. The economies, the structures, all the last vestiges of civilization as we know it that was all tied to the matrix is falling apart. Everything's getting revealed. This is what we've been waiting for. It's really called the great grand disclosure of human consciousness for a reason. Now, in January, there was what I was seeing and many other seers were seeing this too. And I, and I have like a group of other seers I I really respect and, and I get, I, I learn from them and we, we exchange notes. And usually every year there's a new wave of consciousness. And this one was unlike any we'd ever seen. This one was black. And, and I, that was disturbing at first, but instead of reacting, you know, black doesn't mean bad. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. when we say dark, black, evil, we think that these things are correlated. What it means is it's dense. So I'm like, what is this made of? And when I got closer and closer to it, it was made of dense, dense consciousness. At first it looked kind of evil, but you know, even that's an illusion. When you really look carefully at what we might consider evil, it's really dense consciousness under pressure. So I thought, well, that's kind of the nature of what's happening right now. We're under more pressure than before. Mm -hmm. And so it started to come upon us and it moved through the first three months, you know, it moved through and then it finally got to the heart on summer solstice in the north. And when it hit the heart, that hit the male power center. And this is not happening all at once. Like some people are experiencing these things before and or after the, this wave of consciousness comes into the heart. So it's not like on summer solstice, all hearts are now being, you know, transformed. Mm -hmm. Well, some people were experiencing that like a month before that and maybe a month later. And so as it's opened up the male power center, the, the heart space, the upper body, that's, that is a huge electromagnetic part of your experience. And as it opens up the heart space, this is having a dramatic effect on whether or not people are feeling like they 
actually can make this transition because it's really just started in in a in many ways it's just begun so there's been a lot of choice points and people deciding am i going to stick around for this am i going to use this can i can i make it through the trauma that my heart needs to remember what happened to me personally is that my first 6 years of childhood i i mostly um had blacked all of that out and i grew up in germany during the cold war and as a little psychic kid um and so i had completely blocked all of those memories out as it oh, as it hit my heart i remembered everything and it was rough <laughs> it's been rough i'm still processing what i remember now and it was so instantaneous it was like a big huge door got kicked down like it it didn't just swing open it would go, it was like busted down police force style so you know now we're now we're in the solar plexus which is we're just starting to come into the chakras of power and now it's hit the solar plexus so now it's like what do you give your power to what is the good stuff you give your power to what's the stuff you shouldn't be giving your power to and that's really key and now of course you can always track this and this is why understanding time is important and most of us don't understand time at all time time isn't there are no timelines um and i'll describe that in, in a little bit but the the opening up of the power centers is actually really clearly showing up around us in politics and economics and um in different ways so notice that and as it comes down into the deeper um sea of chi which is full of a lot of power and energy and flow those things are going to get revealed what flows well what what's going to stick around when it comes to flow and power what what's really beneficial for us to give our power to some of it we already have been like for example in my little town we're all starting to play around with the idea of local currency which is far more stable than say a global currency and things like that so people are like yeah okay i'm willing to give my power to that um and then you're going to see it on grand global scales too where power um like like concepts of power are going to get revealed to be false such as human caused climate change that's not real and you know doesn't mean humans don't need to clean up their act it that's that's absolutely true and i would argue don't focus on the climate change we're going into an ice age um focus in on plastics and getting plastics out of your life because those plastics are actually causing the especially in men the lowering of testosterone and and more and more and more people cannot have children this is a big deal um if we want our species to become homo luminous we actually have to stick around in the bodies we've got and be able to stabilize ourselves so we a lot of these concepts will kind of get thrown out as you, you know this had a lot of power over us all these different politics you know they believed these things were real and they made political decisions and money decisions based on things that weren't real and now that's going to crumble and reveal itself too so 
then you know it's coming into the root which i find very exciting because the feminine is being asked to stand in their power and most of the feminine out there all that's your power center that's your center of balance is your hips and your root and that needs to open up and women tend to shove down all of their worst emotions and traumas deep into the root the same way that men will wear armor around the heart in order to stop feeling so bad about all the stuff that they experience because men are actually extremely sensitive when it comes to the electromagnetic field of the heart and being able to feel and know the truth about reality around them and that you know men have been shut down and so they're totally cut off and they've been existentially starving to death literally um so women <laughs> it's going to be real interesting when it hits the root because the female is meant to be the conduit of power and the masculine is the one who does stuff with the power who makes things manu manipulation manu hands man manifest right and so the feminine is the conduit we're more formless so women actually tend to do a bit better when it comes to each shift the last 12,000 year shift the most of the men didn't make it and there was one man per 20 women left on the planet at that time 12,000 years ago now we've had bottlenecks like this before in fact at one point at, at during one of these shifts there was only 2000 homo sapiens left on this planet just enough to make sure that we would survive as a species there's going to be a lot more than that but we need to make sure to focus in right now on the healing of the masculine of course you start with yourself so if you have trauma around the masculine if 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 you have trauma around your father brother men in general the masculine as a concept working on that right now is key and this goes for of course all men and the masculine getting the tools they need to heal it's there for you it's available and and in humility the masculine is going to be able to be nourished and uplifted by the divine feminine by the earth and recognize that they are deeply needed and appreciated so i tend to rail against any sort of um knocking down of the masculine when they really need us the most so the feminine is coming into power fully and that's not going to look like a matriarchy it's not going to look like women oppressing men and the gateway for the golden age is a double door and that door has to open together at the same time not not separately right the, the the feminine part of that doorway can't open on its own and then everybody make it work um it has to open together at the same time and that's what a goal in mind is that we need to focus in on now when it comes down to it to make this more comfortable you need to be prepared people tend to freak out about preparedness they think of it as like an alt-right concept and that's just not realistic so i'm coming from a very professional vantage point because my family is all professional preparedness experts and they teach governments and individuals and neighborhoods and churches this stuff so my father and i actually 
work together on helping people understand preparedness. Now, years ago, when I was talking about this, before most of this knowledge about the electromagnetic field and these changes was mainstream, easy to access, I lost more followers trying to teach preparedness than I did at any point in any of my career because people said that I was fear-mongering. And now a lot of those people actually came back and they're like, oh my gosh, you were right. So preparedness is all about, you know, what do you need if the electricity goes out for the day? And you got to think about the stuff that's going to happen in the future. What if there's a solar flare that hits the earth when we have no protection and knocks out the global electric grid? We're all set back into the stone age real quick. Do you have the tools and knowledge and places to go and connections that you need? And those are really important, but it can be very overwhelming to prepare. So you got to start with what's most likely. You see, at the end of every age, there's a long list of things that could happen. It does not mean that they will, but you need to know what that is. Solar flares are one of them. If you're on the coast, tsunamis and earthquakes and big waves and all these things, these have been well written about for a very long time in over eons and eons about what happens. Our ancestors retained all of this in the magic of and the importance of story. And one of the other misnomers people have about our ancestors is that these stories were just stories. No, they weren't. And they were well kept by a class of people in every culture who you might call the priesthood or the priestesshood. And those were meticulously learned and passed down. And those people were highly educated and they were treated as treasures because they were the ones who the elder would pass these down to the next priesthood or the next priestesshood in order to maintain the map in consciousness and the body map that was needed to survive. So the, you know, our anthropologists know that actually leaning on these stories as actually giving pieces of truth that need to be understood and discovered, we found more archeological sites over the past 20 years because we actually listened to those stories and we actually went to those places and we found that these things were true. So it's really key to recognize that that map is there for you. Even if you can't necessarily go find these stories easily and find exactly what to do, the, the map is in you. And the more you work on your trauma, the better. The more you work on your trauma, the more you remember. And you'll remember from a soul level and you'll remember from a genetic level what to do. So let me give you an example. Um, I'm always doing trauma work on my own self. And the more I do, the more I remember. And it's very, very clear and, and it's exponential. So one of the things I've remembered are how to build certain technological things that I have never seen anybody build. So I've sat down and actually created blueprints for all of these different technologies and I'm making prototypes and I'm testing them. And if they work, then I can give that as an open source prototype for people to experiment with. And then we can start to protect our food and our um, gardens with these really easy to make technologies. 
And this didn't come from space. This came from my soul's memory because I was there at the, I, I tend to come here at the end of every age and be a cheerleader and be like, yeah, you can do it. Um, that's my job. So, you know, that's part of it. And that technology is coming through. And when you really look at it, it's like, wow, that's straightforward and it makes sense and it's gonna work. <laughs> like, I know it'll work. I gotta test it first. But when I test it, I believe wholeheartedly it's gonna make a huge difference and save the food on my mountain and other people's places all over the world so that we don't watch our food disappear. And that's key. You can't build society without food. And that's the number one um, thing, you know, in preparedness besides being aware of what's going on so that you're not gonna be caught off guard by mysterious stuff. The other piece is always about food. So food, if you have, enough food, then you can rebuild an entire society. And that's proof, that's actually proven, it's a fact that all human culture is based on having surplus food. More advanced cultures had more surplus food. And it's just a nice, easy equation. Um, the other piece I wanna point out is emotional, mental stability. You know, even me, I'm, I'm digging in and I'm like, why am I so angry? because anger is something I've avoided. So my body is like purging anger. And I'm like, wow, I gotta deal with this or it's gonna take over. And I'm like, you know, well, it's happening because all this new stuff from space is making it apparent that that's one part of my brain and one part of my emotional experience that I'm not confident in. So I have to manage this now. Uh, before I would just avoid it and I can't anymore. So it's very physical and that's gonna happen to you. If you avoid grief and sadness, that's gonna come up big time. And it's gonna feel overwhelming because the body's saying, I don't have time for this anymore. I need you to stand in your power and your body's taking you on this journey. So you gotta pay very close attention and don't let it take over really, really allow it to move through, welcome it. It's just a frequency and it can't hurt you. But that's really key to constantly be on guard for the overwhelm, making sure you put yourself in some time in, if you have to, you know, take those, those well self-care days, um, do what you have to do so that you can stay stable. But not most of the people around you are not going to be conscious of this and so more and more and more people are going to look like they're just losing it and that's why it's because of these changes that are very physical it's astrophysics <laughs> coming to play and every planet in our solar system is going through huge changes massive changes and that's proof that this electromagnetic wave this galactic current sheet that comes around every 12,000 years is here. So the other, the last piece I wanna point out to make yourself more comfortable through all these changes is to meditate. You have to still your mind, you know, pray, 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 pray. It works, still your mind. Be in a meditative state as often and as long as you can because what that does is long-term dramatic effects on the brain so that you can handle new energy. 
And that's what those folks who did survive the last shift, that's one of the things that they mastered. It was passed down through the priest and priestesshood, that prayer and meditation and worship and focus were going to get them through. And so we have to recognize that we can have faith in this higher power, this source God, this source field that is constantly urging us to become better and better and closer and closer to that godlike state that we call enlightenment or we call being holy or we call that being of course one with god or christ-like or you know every single religion every single culture has a adage about what that means and so dig into your personal understanding of that that faith is key it's full of grace and grace is a real thing grace is the energy between all things grace is the thing that makes the inevitable happen grace is what time should really be called because time doesn't exist but grace the ocean of grace that we navigate does and so i do want to get into describing time so that you can understand how time really works and have confidence that the reason why you're here is to be one of those people who makes it through this dramatic pressurized pretty messy experience of a shift a 12,000 year shift um but I want to make sure that uh, we stay on track. So, uh, Alara, do you have any other questions before I get into talking about time? Oh, well, you've just shared so much already. It's like it's amazing, and then I'm like, I'm sitting here nodding, 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 because you know everything that you've been talking about is what we are all experiencing. You know, me, you know, personally as well, and um, and at the same time, it's like, yes, we do have to go back to what is sacred for us you know so whether that's meditation whether that's chanting whether it's prayer whatever it happens to be getting back to that because that's going to bring us back to our center back to our wholeness back to that sense of being which is going to help us to manage going through this transition because you know like you said this transition it's pretty intense and for I'm, I'm sure you all have are also experiencing it in some way um it's intense. I mean, there have been moments when I was like, I just want to go home. Home meaning I want to go home to my mom. I, I just need some mom time, I, you know, but I can't. You know, it's like, I just need a little bit of a break. You know, it's like, yeah, the overwhelm is real. You know, the overwhelm is real. And so, you know, it's like, all right, I can't go anywhere right now just because of where everything happening with my husband. So it's like, all right, what can I do? It's, and it's about, yeah, let me go deeper, deeper within myself, deeper into my connection with source spirit creator god and you know find that um that presence and that healing you know for me it's not it's not you know healing presence it's all the same thing but going into that space and that state to help me bring me lift me up to so that i can you know manage this time better absolutely and michelle's asking you know is there any um particular types of meditation that works best and um, the one that I found that actually has good scientific backing, because there were studies done in Russia and in the U.S. on this type of meditation, is called gazing, mm -hmm. and or tritrika, 
I'm probably saying it wrong, but um, but specifically on the Sri Yantra. Mm -hmm. I'll it out. Sri Yantra. Now, the story behind the Sri Yantra is really interesting. But when these scientists did these studies on on people who knew how to do gazing and they would use the Sri Yantra, that caused the meditative state faster than any other type of meditation. Um, and I struggle with meditation because I psychically see a bazillion things all the time. Um, but if you print out a black and white Sri Yantra and you do gazing on that, what's going to happen is that as you gaze on it, gaze at the center of it, you have it about three feet in front of you, um, directly between your eyes, so at a level right here. And as you gaze at the center of it, it's going to disappear. Mm. And everything else around it will begin to disappear. And you just maintain that with your eyes open and you're gonna disappear. And then you're gonna start to see all these little particles. Those are particles of consciousness. And it's a very powerful, quick way to get into very, very deep meditation. Now, the story behind the Sri Yantra is very interesting. In short, um, it, the people who used it the most were Buddhists. And when you ask them, where did this come from? They say, hey, beings from space gave this to us as a gift. So it's actually extraterrestrial. And it's a, it's, they, it's a powerful form that is, that is the literal mathematics, the arithmetic that creates true reality in the dimensions. So when you're looking at the Sri Yantra, the centerpiece of it is actually what you would find if you studied the, the energy and the torque and the form of galaxies or atomic structures or any layer of reality, those forms are there. Well, that Sri Yantra is actually part of what makes up all form in the universe. And that's why it's so precious and what a wonderful gift we were given. That really says a lot that there's a lot of, you know, allies that want us to succeed. And all beings are potential allies, even the ones who you think that aren't, that are your enemies. There's no such thing. They're always potential allies. Um, even the demonic were once angelic. So that's really key to keep in mind. Um, someone's asking me, what is causing climate change? The galactic cycle, the sun. And what happens is as the electromagnetic field disappears, carbon has nothing to do with it at all, actually. There is no proof whatsoever that car carbon actually has an effect on anything except making plants greener. Um, what, what's happening is that the electromagnetic field's disappearing. And as that happens, the sun melts stuff off faster, but the earth has a safety mechanism. And that cold water, that fresh cold water, it causes the earth to go back into a snowball effect. So we're going into an ice age and there is no warming that's permanent. It's, it's, a, it's only temporary and you need to rather prepare with better equipment for the coming snow, because there's gonna be a lot <laughs> for a long time. Um, and that's not a bad life, thing. In this lifetime? Absolutely in this lifetime. It's happening now. 
watch what happens this winter. You'll see glacier, glacial-like temperatures in places that normally don't get that. Um, I've had visions, and I don't focus in on the future and I'll tell you why, um, but I've had visions about, I'm here in the mountains of Southern Ecuador. We're on the equator. I've had visions of it snowing here. So, and I believe it will. And in the vision, my hair was all white and that's happening real quick. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, again, if you wanna learn more about this stuff from a scientific viewpoint and really, you know, have somebody who's read all the science journals and keeps up on that. Um, ben Davidson at Suspicious Observers on YouTube is my go-to. I learned from him and I learned um, everything I'm telling you is based on his studies and he's cutting edge and he fights with NASA all the time because they're they are not um, telling the truth. And that's really key. So I hope that this will help. Well, you know, um, it's, it's funny. A lot of what you shared is, is something that Robert has told me. And, you know, so you've just confirmed a lot of what he has said. And, and as you were speaking, it's like, oh, I wish I could get Robert and you to come together and, and talk. Oh, my God, it would just be amazing. Because these, oh, are, absolutely. these are some of the things he tells me. And I'm like, are you crazy? Like, like, not really <laughs> crazy, but I was like, like, I, I don't know. You know, it's like, where it is he getting this wild. stuff? <laughs> it sounds wild because we've never been told this stuff. This is not mainstream and it should yeah. be. It it's being suppressed. And you know, we're done with all that. The 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 revealing of the truth is on the table. Thank goodness. Um, so yeah, excellent. Um, let's talk yeah, so a little when, bit about time. When he gets home, I'm gonna have him watch this episode. <laughs> awesome. And then maybe we can all chat one day. Yeah, That'd be great. Exactly. It's, it's all right. important. Um, so Heidi's asking a good question, but let's talk a little bit about time first before we get into that's it. That's good. Yeah. Um, the the whole and Kimberly is too. So I think that these questions probably should come first. All right. So what will happen to society when structures collapse? Will most humans perish? Is this all sooner than later? Yeah, it's sooner than later. Well, I don't know if all, most humans will perish. That's going to be up to the humans. You know, we all came for this change for a reason. You're here for a reason. You're here for this. You're here for this evolution, for what's going to happen on the other side. The beauty of it is, well, what will collapse? Everything. And what will happen? You'll get local. So your local community, your local culture, your neighborhood is more important than any other structure. It, that's what humans do. We immediately get local. The surrounding 150 people around you, the most nearby people, 150 people, are your culture. They are your community. Your town is what you're going to be focusing on. You're going to create a new society from there. That's why I've been working with my community doing local currency. Because when, when the ATMs don't work, we still need to be able to make stuff move around. And I'm in Ecuador for that reason. It's a cash-based society. And people get cut off all the time here because all the little towns are in the Andes. And the arteries, the roads, you know, the mountains eat those roads all the time. So that 50-mile that radius 
All my food comes from within a 50 mile radius. That's why I'm here. Um, and you can focus in on that too. So the first thing that you can do to prepare for all of that, not to worry, don't worry about you know, all of that, Focus in on making sure that you have good connections to the local farmers and the local animal folks who are doing animal husbandry and the, and the community in general, the leaders and the people who are obviously going to become leaders because there's going to be some really clear people who stand in their power and they're going to be really good leaders that, you know, you didn't even know who they were. So knowing who your neighbors are knowing who's in your, in the, you know, 20 mile radius of your house is going to be really important. Make an effort. And here's a cool anthropological trick. I've shared this before on this show, but in anthropology, you know, when, when, when an anthropologist moves into a new neighborhood, the first thing they do is to go and make sure they know who the neighbors are. And so what I would do is I would show up with food and the, and the adage is no one can deny someone with pie. So if you show up with food, which is the basis of human culture, it's the foundation of it. If you show up with food and say, hi, my name's Elizabeth. I'm your new neighbor. or I'm your neighbor. And I just wanted to let you know, I'm here for you. If there's emergencies, if, if weird stuff's going on, um, sorry, some, somebody's cooking something and I thought something was burning. Um, if weird stuff's going on, no big deal. Um, I'm here for you, you know, please knock on my door. Here's my phone number if you need anything, right? And that is a good start because then if stuff hits the fan and then let's say all the electricity goes out and it's been like four days and now everybody's food in the fridge is all a mess or whatever and people are worried, they're going to be coming out of their house <laughs> and wondering, you know, are you guys okay? What's going on with you? Do you do you have enough food? Do you how how's the elderly neighbor down the street? That's the first things that are going to happen. And so you want to be the person who is like, hey, yeah, I do. I know, I I know her. I'm gonna go and knock on the door, and make sure she's okay. And yeah, yeah, let's let's get together. You know, come to my place or let's go sit out in the cul-de-sac and have a talk about what we need to do from here because the water's not working. So we need water for the whole neighborhood. What are we going to do? Right. We got to make a plan. And, you know, it's, it's better to make a plan beforehand, but most people are not going to have a plan. If you have a plan, then you're going to be the person that people are going to say, wow, I really need their help, but I'm also going to help them. How can I help you? Do you, you know, you just did all this work today. Do you have enough to eat? This is what happens. People are going to show up with food because you've been helping the whole neighborhood for a few days. They're going to make sure you're taken care of. And the other piece to keep in mind is this is what my father taught me. He was a high class military officer, airborne ranger, and nuclear chemical biological warfare defense specialist among many, many things. He's got a crazy resume. But he told me when I was very young and it stuck with me, the weakest among you, if they are taken care of, everyone else will be fine. So if the elderly and the children and the disabled are taken care of, everybody else is gonna be fine. 
He said, focus on them and everything else will fall in place. And he's absolutely right. So Kimberly is asking, does geoengineering of weather and harp, is that not hurting us? Yeah, it's hurting us. It's totally hurting us. And that geoengineering is them trying to slow down this process and it doesn't work. And they're, they're honestly just wasting a whole lot of money and time and hurting everybody with heavy metals. Um, and yeah, harp and frequencies, all these frequencies, these new frequencies and stuff, go read the book, The Hidden Rainbow or The Invisible Rainbow. The Invisible Rainbow is a very, very well-documented study on how frequency causes illness and problems with people. Right, so we have frequency problems. We have more dramatic illnesses born of all of the bombardment and the human body having reactions to all these things. We have plastics that we need to deal with. Is all of this unmanageable? No, it's absolutely manageable. Don't forget who you are. You're a creator being. You're a creator being. This is so important. You came here for this. You can create. You will create Homo Luminous. Homo Luminous isn't going to happen to you. You're going to become it because you did it on purpose. This is a purposeful journey. And yeah, we need to manage this stuff. Humans are going to rise up on this. We've been pretty, you know, quiet for 800,000 years and been really good slaves. Why do you think there's so many beings interested in us and abducting us and hurting us and doing crazy stuff to us? Because we have been bought into that matrix level programming around the fear of death and a good slave is afraid of death. Death is not worth being afraid of. Death is wonderful. It's the whole process of getting there that sucks. But you're not here to die. <laughs> You're here to evolve. So, you know, if people around you do die, give them a wonderful celebration of life like they deserve and be grateful that they can be there for you on the other side. All of those folks who have passed on, especially in the past few years, they are our guides now. They're helping out on the other side. They absolutely do that. It's very, very important. This is why ancient humans took so much time and effort to talk to their ancestors and actually connect with the dimensions. Look at the hunter-gatherers. All this is well-documented in anthropological work that humans of, the, of, our, of our ancient elk spent an incredible amount of time getting guidance from those who crossed over. They would do anything for it. They even gave their kids psychedelics just so that those children could have a connection and make that permanent interdimensional connection. And they used it in a ritual context so that they could make that connection. You have it, it's through the heart. It's not gonna be through your head, it's through the heart. So all of your family, all of your friends who've crossed over, that's because they were gonna be able to do better work on the other side for you as you create homo luminous from the inside out. So that's really key. And the, you know, people are suffering. Karen's going through a lot. She's got, there's drugs and violence around. There are no farmers. It's a large city. Then 
then do your best to make a make connections to people who are outside the city just do what you can so that when stuff is like this is clearly a problem you have somewhere to go and that you're useful and handy you know you're you're almost 60 you have a lot of information and know-how that needs to be passed down show up and volunteer on a farm and say hey i'll teach your kids how to make make pies you know maybe they don't know how to make pie i'll teach them and i and i'd like to volunteer and i want to be useful um so volunteering is a really good idea right now people don't do that anymore it's sad i used to volunteer throughout my whole entire childhood for disabled people and at the soup kitchen so really key um and then um no uh uh that 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 i'm probably gonna mess this up that'll um no i don't do i don't do psychedelics um combo is dmt and dm i don't need it <laughs> i already go to those dimensions i already have access i've never needed anything like that um and i i don't need it some people do for lots of different reasons but for me i already have access to those dimensions and i can teach you how to have access to them too um but those those specific medicines, uh, communions of the earth, they were used in ritual context by very specific people. And you need to be extremely careful how you use them. It's better to focus in on your ancestry. What did your ancestors utilize to get closer to God? And so if you're gonna do a, me a medicine like that, uh, a natural medicine from the earth, combo was done by, combo is specifically from, you can be, you can get it from, Two different places but the main place is from a frog in the amazon so that specific group had access to that medicine of the earth and and it's not really appropriate honestly this is my opinion it's not appropriate for people who are not of that lineage to take that medicine you're not built for it but your lineage they definitely were using something so like my lineage is mainly basque so um, some of the uh, survivors of Atlantis went up to the, ba the Basque country and other places. My ancestors are Basque and Scotch-Irish and they were all using psilocybin. So that's, if I'm gonna do anything, that's what I'm built to take. It's what I'm built to receive. Um, and they also had access to other things later on. But think about, think about it in those terms. And if you're gonna use medicine like those to get closer to and connect to dimensions and the ancestors and guidance and clarity and healing, then make sure you're doing it in a ritual context with someone who is not on the medicine as well, right? Some people, they go to a shamanic ceremony and the shaman's doing the same medicine as them. That's not safe. Yeah. So make sure you've got a, a, a person who knows how to manage this medicine how to protect you spiritually, physically, mentally, and emotionally while you're having a discovery process, knows how to prepare you way beforehand and how to follow up afterwards. So ritual context is vital for any utilization of any medicine of the earth, any communion of the earth. Um, that's my key opinion on that. Um, Penny's asking, are frequencies changing, changes inhibiting plant growth or just changing it? Um, how will we produce enough food locally? It's not frequency changes so much as 
that the electromagnetic field is is pretty much 100% vitally important for all plant growth. And as the electromagnetic field is now 40% gone, uh, plant growth in, is inhibited. Well, what do we do about it? You're right. If we don't have technologies to replace that field, we will have no food. That will be the number one thing that destroys humanity if we don't do something about it. What did our ancient ancestors do? That's why they built the pyramids. What do you think pyramids for? Pyramid creates a gigantic electromagnetic field. There weren't three pyramids at Giza. There were 17. And they were all along the Nile. If you actually go to Google Earth, the Nile was right up against the pyramids for a reason, because they were using the water from the Nile to create negative ions underneath the pyramids and these gigantic structures underneath that were basically pillars and the water would go around these pillars like this, creating vortices which would force negative ions up out of that water, force it up through those pyramids, literally causing those pyramids to create an electromagnetic frequency that were huge, big, massive fields of frequency that, that replaced the electromagnetic fields of the earth that were disappearing and kept the whole peninsula of Egypt a gigantic lush jungle. That, that peninsula was not a desert. Yeah. It was all jungle. It was all food. And they were deeply prosperous. Those pyramids were built by not slaves, but incredibly powerful workers. And by the way, the pyramids were not carved out of stone, folks. All of that is concrete. So that's how they did it so fast. There's a lot of terrible, terrible information out there that's going to need to be relearned by all of us. But there weren't just pyramids in Giza, they're all over the world. There's a pyramid here in southern Ecuador that's just as old as the pyramids of Giza. And they just found it like five years ago. Oh, and it's wow. huge. It's massive. Right. And so there were they were all over the world. Furthermore, a lot of these monoliths, <coughs> these big monoliths did the same. They acted the same way. They created electromagnetic movement. The ancient people mainly depended on stone, concrete, and the, the, the concrete was made from specific stuff. It had really specific uh, material in it. And when you put certain material, especially quartz, under pressure, it creates piezo frequency, which also heals the human body. So the pyramids of Giza not only kept the peninsula lush and full of food, but it also, they used it to heal human bodies through frequency-based healing. That's also well passed down by the priesthood that still exists in Egypt and in Giza. And these priests are the ones who maintain the true history of what those were. And they are a lot older than what they say. Same with the Sphinx. The Sphinx is probably at least, if not 24,000 years old, even more than that. So don't underestimate what our ancient um, fellow man knew. And for, so, so here's why I'm working on my prototypes. Because we, we've got to come together to create really large, large structures and technologies now. And I'm trying to get all these men especially pumped up to build this stuff. And 
they're so they're they're so downtrodden. The masculine is so they're they're suffering so much that they can't even imagine how important what they're able to do is, let alone do it. So, you know, what happens to humans? We tend to wait to the last second to do this stuff. And I don't want it to be that way, but it is. <laughs> so meanwhile, I'm working on smaller things, smaller prototypes, not pyramids, but other things that create electromagnetic fields with piezo frequency, et cetera, that could be a lot easier and cheaper for people to make. And when I finally get my testing done, and if it works the way I think it will, then I'll make that open source. I'll just email it to everybody. Um, so you can make it yourself and, and see for yourself and get some, some um, help for your animals, get some help for your, your gardens. And then when it works and people are like, how come your garden's so nice? <laughs> and be like, you need, you need to build this stuff and it's cheap, let's do it together. And then more and more and more people that'll spread around. That's my hope is what's gonna happen. Awesome. Um, so that's kind of where we're at. And this is really key. key. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Karen's saying um, that she's often volunteered. I'm so glad, that's amazing. Um, and yeah, try to find a farm. I don't know, get online and get onto some of these farming communities that are at least around you, right? And say, hey, who needs somebody to come out? You know, do you come into town? Do you come into town uh, every once in a while? If you do, um, maybe I could come and help you out for a day or something and come grab me, right? Because you don't drive and there's got to be a way, right? To think make connections. Yeah. Yeah. You got to think outside the box. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. So, so um, the, the importance of the medicine too, you know, um, you're quite right, Jill. Um, these things don't always help you get to the bottom of stuff. So trauma healing um, on a daily basis as a skill is absolutely key. All right. So we got to talk a little bit about time here and um, and why? Well, because people are really confused. They're getting a bunch of information from the new age that's not true. And one of the things is about timelines. And you're going to hear people say things, oh, we've shifted timelines. Mm -hmm. That's not real. And it's a big distraction. Time doesn't work in a line anyway. So what is really the nature of time? Well, that's part of the package I pulled together for you today. I tried to make it, I basically went through all my classes and I said, if I could hand somebody 11 classes that, would, that were gonna get them through all of this, this is what I would pick. And then I tried to make it as cheap as possible. So um, the, the reality is, is that time is more of an ocean. The past, present and future exist all at the same time. And what, what draws us to things are what, what's called inevitabilities. Like it was inevitable that my daughter was gonna be born, but there was a mazillion endless different ways for me to hit that island. And so I want you to really consider your body like a ship. And you know you have your mind, you have your heart, you have your gut, and they act as a compass. You can't just use your brain to do this. You have three brains, so you need all three brains to navigate. And you're making micro navigations all the time. And those micro navigations turn into big changes. So if you make you know, one slight notch 
to starboard um, in the direction of your day, in the long run, that choice is a huge change, right? So thinking about it as an ocean is more appropriate. And you can go back in time using your imagination. You can go forward in time using your imagination, but that's not gonna be useful in your micro navigation of reality. So being present and mindful and being able to zoom in and out about, well, what keeps drawing my attention? That's what those gravity fields are, those inevitabilities. Gravity works in tandem with the electromagnetic nature of time space in that it acts as a giant ocean and those gravitational inevitabilities pull you towards them. And they're very spherical in that there's an endless number of ways for you to access that point in reality. And um, you can you can drive around that island all day, all day, but one way or another, you got to hit that beach. And the the sets of micro choices you make all day long are gonna either get you there faster or slower. So in order to, and and here's the deal, there's this really, really, really big inevitability on the horizon. That's what we're calling homo luminous. If you're in a body right now, you're being drawn to this one way or another. And I'm not the only one who's come up with that term, homo luminous. There's many, many seers over the past 50 years who've used that term. That term came to us as one of those proofs that timelines aren't real because all these people all at once started to use that term and they didn't have any contact with each other because human consciousness is also its own ship, right? We're, we're in a bigger boat called humanity on Gaia and we're headed towards this inevitability called Homo Luminous. And that island is so big that we have to hit it, but it's not gonna be easy to do it because human consciousness isn't at the same frequency. Everyone is traumatized. <laughs> We've been traumatized for 800,000 years. So some folks are more traumatized and scared and cut off than others. And then there's a whole bunch of folks who, who are like kind of trudging through it, getting through the baggage, you know, getting access to all these dimensions. And that's another piece, you know, your human body has 12 light bodies. You have access to 12 dimensions all at once. We're not going from the 3D to the 5D. That's another terrible lie. The 5D's never gone anywhere. And why, why wouldn't the 3D be just as important or the first and second dimension for that matter? They, they are just as important. It's a big open floor plan. Your job shouldn't be to shift from one dimension to another. That doesn't make sense because you already have the whole house. Your, your house isn't separated. Those dimensions are all one big, huge room. And what your job is, is to make room to experience all those dimensions at once. That's what your job is. So getting rid of the trauma is the number one thing to do so we can all get on the same page. You know, we all need to be doing this together and get that ship called Homo sapien sailed properly into its place of the Homo luminous experience. So I want you to drop the idea of timelines. I want you to stop leaking your energy out into the future and the past. 
I want you to focus in on every moment the best that you can. Focus in on every single little trauma that shows up and welcome it because it's valuable. And it's gonna, it's only gonna teach you. You've only ever learned more from your trauma than you have necessarily from all your happy times. That trauma is extremely powerful because it's lots of consciousness under pressure. And consciousness under pressure, when you unravel it, it's like a bomb full of light. So that's why I always say trauma is treasure, right? Um, yeah, so that's really key here. When it comes down to it, you are a creator of this. And the more that you work on yourself right now, the better your community will be able to move together towards these inevitabilities and actually connect with them quicker. So there will, there will be pockets of people all over the world who will enter into this homoluminous state faster than others, but that's going to create an exponential effect on global human consciousness. So this is a global phenomena. We're all in it together. We're all creating it together. The more we work on ourselves, the better it is for everybody else. It literally physically, technically raises the vibration of consciousness around you, right? And as that happens, then you are gonna be taking part in what's so important, the creation of, and you creating on purpose, this experience of the homo luminous. And then, you know, in a moment, I want to talk about what's that going to look like? What is a, what is a homo luminous experience going to be like? Is it going to be very much the same um, or what's going to be different exactly, right? But I just want to connect with you again, Alara, and make sure we're on track. I think so. Um, I was looking at the, what, what, what we were going to talk about today. And the only thing I don't think uh, we talked about is the Indra's net. Ah, yes. Using so that's actually, we understand, but. This actually ties deeply into this concept of the ocean of reality mm -hmm. instead of time, right? And the, this is why I say the first and second dimension are just as important as any others. The first dimension is the singular point of your consciousness, right? And the second dimension is the relationship you have with all other singular points of consciousness. But, but remember what I said to you, when you do gazing on the Sri Yantra, how everything will disappear. And then you'll start seeing particles. That is Indra's net. And those particles of consciousness make up all reality. That means that everything is conscious. My cup is conscious, my desk, my, my necklace, my body, um, every single strand of hair in, on my head is conscious. And that's what we know as the source field, right? So from the first dimension, which is really close to that zero point source field that's very still, all reality moves up through that by the, the will of what we call the divine will. And divine will creates all those points of consciousness and they move and they have a trajectory. And their trajectory is based on what's called asymmetry. Everything in the universe, everything moves inside the universe because it's asymmetrical. So that consciousness, it seems individuated, but the minute it leaves the field and moves through dimensions of reality, it is heading back home. It's heading back to the source field. And while it's having this both 
experience of individuation and experience of oneness at the same time, you know, this is another problem with our thinking. We keep thinking that there can only be duality or non-duality. Well, no, it, they both exist at the same time. And all, all reality is, is dual because half the dimensions of consciousness have duality in them and half of them don't. And they both, these, this oneness and duality exist at all times simultaneously. It's that fact that creates a symmetry because you're not always perfectly balanced between those two things. 99.9% of the time, your pendulum swinging, you know, one day you feel totally separate from everything and the next day you feel really one with everything. And so that asymmetry is, is what creates movement and reality of all things. My body moving is due to asymmetry. There's a whole long list of polarities that cause the human body to move, right? So when you come from the first dimension and that first moment of individuation occurs, you still feel one with all things because then you enter into relationship with all other points of individuation. That's what Indra's net is. It's a relationship between all points of consciousness and they happen on all layers of reality. So on your skin right now is a whole community of little bugs, literally, that, that think that you're a planet, basically, and they don't know you know, anything else but your body as a planet. <laughs> and then even deeper and deeper, you know, you're going to find, again, more and more faceted layers of these individuations having relationships with bigger and bigger things. In fact, there are beings whose bodies are made of galaxies. They're called galactics. And they, like, we're, we're a little bitty human being on a planet that's that's could might as well just be an, an atom in comparison to how big these beings are. So you're part of a body of something too. <laughs> you're part of the body of Gaia and the Gaia is part of the body of this galaxy and that galaxy is part of the body of a bigger being. And that's how it works. And so the second dimension is key right now because it's wide open. It's asking you to use it to connect to other humans beyond this technology. It's wide open because this technology that we're using, this, this internet right now, may or may not last. You know, we hope it will, I do, I like computers. But that's the thing, the human body technically doesn't need it to be able to connect with people beyond and to be able to actually connect with information. You don't need Google, you have your body connecting to Indra's net. Every single answer is available to you if you're willing to ask. So the process I want to share with you today is how to access that. Well, you kind of got to fall backwards into it. It's kind of like a net that you let catch you, right? And when I look at it, it actually looks like the flower of life that's, that's behind um, Alara's head. And that's what it looks like. And it also takes on movement and forms that look like the Sri Yantra, but in like a three and 4D shape and even a fifth dimensional shape too. The ancient people knew all of this. They wrote about it. They called it, you know, 
the, the, the tesseract and all these different kinds of structures that are making up the connections that we have on Indra's net. And so when you fall back into it, you know, you just gotta relax. You don't have to be in a meditative state necessarily, but then you have to ask. And this is the thing, you gotta get good at asking questions in this case. So you have to ask the source field, hey, show me all the people who are of a like mind and frequency right now on this planet. And if you feel alone at any point, just ask for that. Because suddenly there's going to be this huge, massive amount of people that you can feel. But here's the cool part. You're, if you're an empath, this is going to be more comfortable. It's actually the relationship with others you've been looking for. You won't feel all their drama and trauma. You'll feel their soul. That's what's on Indra's net, animating the body anyway. And so you won't feel the drama and trauma. You'll feel connected to these people's souls and it'll feel neutral and nourishing. So that's key. And as you do that, then you can start asking questions like, well, I've always wanted to know this and present it to the Indra's net and wait because the answers will arise and they're not gonna come from the head. They're gonna come through the heart and they'll arise. And you'll be like, wow, I know the answer. How did I know that? Well, that's what's so cool about being human is that you have access to all these things, right? And as an advanced psychic seer, as an oracle, I have the expert ability to work with that source field and ask the right questions. I don't know anything. Elizabeth doesn't know anything. You know, I got a master's degree. The thing I learned the most is that I know nothing, nada. <laughs> I spent a lot of money to figure out that I don't know anything. It was, it was precious. I wouldn't trade it for the world, but that's the deal. I, got, I know how to get out of the way, and then I just ask, and it arises. But for me, because I've had practice, and it's part of my, my mission here, it's instant. For you, you're going to build your your skills on this, this is a muscle. Every dimension, it's like a muscle. You gotta get really good at feeling one and feeling individuated all at the same time. And you gotta get good at connecting to Indra's net, just like you gotta get good at navigating the 3D or the dream world or understanding all possibilities like the fifth dimension, etc. So this is where we're at right now and why Indra's net is so important because we need, we need that to get the whole ship called Homo sapiens to their destination. <laughs> We're not going to do it by physically knocking on doors and demanding people get their shit together. We're going to do it by connecting to Indra's net and continuously finding answers. And when you build that muscle, it does so on behalf of all other consciousness, just like a waveform. You know, when you ask a question or when you offer information out there in Indra's net, it creates a wave through consciousness and it affects all of humanity when you do this stuff. So this is why you need to keep thinking of yourself as one with all of humanity all the time and how everything you do affects human consciousness. Mm -hmm. But also that's that responsibility of the creator being. And it's the individuated state alongside the oneness state at the same time. So thank you. I'm glad we, yeah, um, we covered that. 
Yeah, that was that was great. Um, I want to take the questions from Sarah and Rebecca and Catherine because okay. they've been waiting for a long time, if that's okay. Please. So Sarah, sorry, Sarah. Hey, you want to unmute yourself? Well, I so much appreciate your pronouncing my name correctly. I'm <laughs> not sure why that is just such a nice acknowledgement. Um, <clears throat> here's my question, Elizabeth. We're doing all this stuff. We can talk about meditation. We can talk about falling back into Indra's net and all that. But when we come up in our lives with situations that are made impossible because we are trying to be in this state, um, as you may know, because we correspond, I just did a trip to Israel as a rabbi educator, and I was talking to people not only about the things that were pertinent and were presenting themselves on the trip, but also you know, about what you are talking about and what we are here to do and what the transition is in a way, in a, in hopes to help people deal with, you know, all the tumult and, and difficulties right now. And, um, I got fired yep. <clears throat> because of being, um, you know, a mystic as, as well as a rabbi, because I wasn't just doing the regular thing. So if you try to bring this to people and I am still pondering and quandering whether I should be writing those people a letter because of the agreement that we had when I went into the work and I really feel betrayed because um, you know the one of the leaders just kind of couldn't handle it and the other thing is so if we're trying to get the work out in the world and then the people we're around can't deal with it um, that's one thing and the other thing is um, I just spent the last week in agony this is the first morning I could swallow when I woke up I had so much pain in my body I, it wasn't any particular illness. I couldn't even lie down. I had so much pain. All I could do was like stand and lean against a counter. Um, some of the worst pain I've ever had. And I've been hit by cars. So, and then it moved all over my body. And today's the first day I could swallow and I woke up. Any insight into how we do this practically in the body, as we say in Jewish, you know, tachlis, like getting down to brass tacks. How do we do this in the world? Yeah. Well, this is the issue with being such a grand prophetess as you are, um, you know, and, and I, and I fall back on, well, what did all these folks do? You know, all the great prophets were treated like crap at first until the last minute. Right. And so, um, the fact that people are in denial is going to change really fast. So my only answer, and I'm, and occasionally I experience the same where people just really can't handle what I'm saying, um, is to stand your ground and be available to them when they finally figure out that you're right, because it's happening, and the and the last minute they're going to be the ones who said, "Dang it, Sarah was right," um, and then they're going to call you. And yes, you should stand your ground when it comes to the contract. Absolutely. Um, but I would also just understand that most people are not ready. And it's too bad because they it's their own doing. Because they have something to learn about what's going to happen and all this pressure that they're going to be under. They, they really need to learn about something. And it's not necessarily up to us to find that out for them. But you know, the, the temple stands, you are a temple. That's, 
That's your job as a prophetess, as a rabbi, as a mystic. You are a temple. The temple goes wherever you are. And people, you know, how do they treat temples? Well, sometimes they come and sometimes they come in throngs and sometimes they feel nourished by it. And then other times they ignore it. They destroy it. They leave it. They desecrate it even. They run away from it until, until it's time for them to get real about what's really happening. And when they do, you're gonna be there and you're gonna welcome them and not judge them. And you're not gonna do, I told you so, and you're gonna help them heal. So that's the biggest part of the lesson for those of us who have these messages, who come at the end of every age to cheer people forward. You know, there's gonna be a handful who, who actually listen until we get to the gates and then all the people who are struggling and who are behind, they're gonna say, please don't leave me behind. And we won't, and we never do. We always, we are always there for them, even when they've hurt us, even when they persecuted us, even when they've tried to destroy us. And that's the great power and, um, and importance of that patience and forgiveness. But I, but I, I, what I see you as, I think what I need to show you at the moment is just the fact that you are a living temple and a living temple people will come and go and forget about it and all these things or they'll even say oh that's crazy until they need you and they're going to need you sooner than later so the cycle while like like all those people who said they didn't need you long before before this and they still think they don't need you well this is going to be a shorter 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 experience because we're on it, like we're upon it, it's upon us. And now we're really, really close to the gates of change. So I'm not surprised that they reacted so badly because they are, they are too being bombarded by stuff from space, literally. And they're probably overwhelmed, confused and not quite right in their head. And with this pain stuff, um, I'm with you. I've been experiencing some of the worst pain I've ever had too. Um, I don't know that it will always, that it will easily get better, but I think you know my method. I turn pain into light and I just focus in on the pain. I focus in on it all the way and it's, a, it's radiant, pain radiates. And then I perceive it and I actually literally tell my brain all day long for years I have, Pain is light, pain is light, pain is light. I don't have an answer for, for a perfect answer for pain because the kind of pain I have is, is so immense and it, it, it can't be fixed with painkillers. Um, and that's why I've always had trouble with alcohol because alcohol is one of the only things that makes it stop temporarily. But the, the pain piece is also deeply transformative. That, that means that you're going through... Um, I believe your temple, you know, they wanted to destroy you by kicking you out and firing you. And the temple that is you, the prophetess that is you, is going through a transformation and you're scrubbing off the graffiti from the inside out and it sucks. That's what I psychically see. On my end. That, 
That's what I wanted to know. I just want to know it's for some good purpose. <laughs> so good. I felt really challenged by it. I said, this is not normal illness, whatever I'm going through. And so it's for the good and I'll keep at it. And with all this stuff, we'll just hope that we can make enough of a living to put aside our food and our water that we're going to see later on. If we can find like-minded souls who will pay us for some of what we do. Thank That's you. My, my you. pleasure, Sarah, always. Awesome. Thank yeah. you, Sarah. Hi, Rebecca. Um, Go ahead, Rebecca, where are you? Oh, what happened today? Yeah, I think you unmuted me and I unmuted me and we remuted me. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of metaphorical because I feel like I've been allowing myself to be put on mute and I'm looking for clarity right now. Um, Sarah's question was awesome and your reply to her like set, struck so many chords for me. Um, I... <clears throat> This has been one of the most difficult phases of my life, and it has been triggering tons of uh, childhood trauma, like reliving the same kinds of dynamics um, as my childhood. And I'm wanting to maximize the experiences so that I can yeah. move forward. Um, and I'm, I'm so my 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 most recent roommate was a male, and he got. Um, he was abusive and narcissistic and then it got physical one night. So that was like the final straw for me. And I went through the whole legal thing and yep. was let down by the legal system and they just basically unleashed him on me. So <clears throat> did nothing. So, um, I left the apartment in really short order and now I'm staying with a girlfriend and then going to go stay with a guy friend for a while. And I don't know whether I should try to find like my forever home where I like I dug up all my flowers and stuff and have them in pots at a friend's house or whether I should just find something like six months or a year just get settled get back to my work which is I have a message about forgiveness and transformation mm -hmm. and my childhood experiences were um, involved in a satanic cult oh yeah abuse within that and so as Sarah was talking and you were sharing with her like this question bubbled up about, you know, is that the direction that my um, thought leader work, my spiritual work is meant to go? Yes, it is. And um, it, it will turn into a methodology and it, you know, it already is to a certain extent, a methodology that's going to be really important and necessary for people be. And, and so the, we're coming, we've come into this, what we call the age of Aquarius, but I, I really, I see it as the age of the healer, the true healer, the master healer. And Aquarius is very much like that energy because all of you healers, especially you, Rebecca and Sauron, um, and so many of you, um, this is your time to shine. All the new, all the things you've ever learned are going to still be super relevant and they're going to become more and more and more important. And they're gonna, they're gonna start showing up in new ways and new, in new methodologies and in new mantras and new concepts. And so you need to be a conduit for that. And the more you work on your trauma, the better, obviously, right? So you just gone through this holy cow level uh, punch in the face and, and you asked the right question because you're here to do this incredibly important work you said, what is the pattern? 
Now that's key because you're dealing with a polarity, a set of polarities. Now, all human beings, every single one of us comes in, especially the really powerful ones. And we say, all right, give me like this holy cow, gigantic, crazy level polarity that is super, super hard to reconcile. I'm strong enough. I'm ready to come and reconcile this polarity around victim, tyrant, um, narcissism, and um, passivity, and you know, violence and peace. Give me these polarities. I'm ready to reconcile them. You see, in consciousness, the way that we move ahead um, and we 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 create a, a, a balance in the asymmetry is we have to constantly notice the polarities. These 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 literal polarities that show up, you know, the most common ones are the victim, tyrant, scarcity, abundance, and um, arrogance and worthlessness. Those are the most common three. And, and you also came in through the satanic ritual abuse stuff, which I'm, which I'm an expert at unraveling all that. But the, the, that's the polarity of good and evil, right? And so these polarities are important because they have to be understood fully. At you know you came in and it's from your vantage point you've been you've been holding the line on the other side called victim, but you know from your past lives from your soul memory what tyrant feels like too. And the way we reconcile polarities is you have to find the middle way. You have to find the middle way out of the polarity through compassion one way or another. And so you know logically that all tyrants were usually victims, right? And that these are cycles. So all polarities work in cycles too. Um, but if you want to take like this very high level vantage point to approach what you've been through, it will help you to manage the, the new trauma you've had and the old stuff coming up because there's patterns and those are the polarity patterns. So if you can get really logical about it and name off as many polarities as you can that you've been experiencing and they're op the opposite side of it, you know, and it's not always the same. There's a lot of nuance around polarities. You know, everyone deals with polarities in a different way. For me, the, the good and evil stuff showed up mainly through demonic angelic uh, me being plopped right in the middle of that war, and um, and for you it was the SRA stuff. So, the the key here and for all of us is to be very attentive to the polarities we've come in to deal with. So life recapitulation is really key in this, and you, you got to go with a that? fine yeah a fine tooth comb through your life. Now there's a method to it. I'm not. Um, I don't teach that, but my teacher does. If you go to Lucia Renee, I'll, uh, I'll type it in. But if you go to her website and look up, uh, look at her offerings, um, uh, she does life recapitulation. And um, that's one of the best things she's ever taught. And so she's my mysticism teacher and she's still alive. So take advantage of it. Oops, sorry, I did it to Penny here <laughs> for everybody. So it's, um, LuciaRenee.com, uh, but life recapitulation in this case will help you. And then grab the book, The Marriage of Spirit. That's a methodology um, uh, of how to deal with and how to reconcile polarities 
by Leslie Temple Thurston. And, um, and these two women, they've set us up for success when it comes to what you're talking about. So you're, this is advanced. You're beyond beginner with this stuff. And the more you bring in what Lucia gives and what Leslie does, and you tie it into what you're doing in your work, absolutely. Now, as for the home piece, you need to be near nature, no matter what. And, um, and I think forever home will come, but not yet. Because um, you're, you're one of these ladies um, who's going to be needed in certain places and you're gonna feel it. And you're gonna, you're gonna feel it one day when Source God says, and Rebecca, I need you to go over here to this community and teach them how to do this. And they'll take care of you. And so the healers are gonna experience a very different uh, marketplace. It's not gonna be so much based in money, um, but we will get our needs met. And that's how it always used to work and that's how it will work again. And the leadership of the feminine will make sure that happens. So focus in on working with the feminine because they're the ones who need to be the conduits of power. And then you'll be able to bring through healing for the masculine too because the work around healing the relationship with the masculine is always going to be tied into the work of the feminine, right? Um, so that's what I see. And keep up the good work. Recognize you're a conduit for new methods. And this trauma that you've gone through is simply showing you a really, really refined version of what has to be healed in you and in all consciousness. So, and these folks who are domestic violence abusers like that, these narcissistic folks aren't going to last. They, they won't, they won't be held up by the community. They won't be protected by the community like you will be. So and that's up to them. They're creating their own reality and their own hell. And they, they, they may end up asking for help. And when that happens, then your method's going to come to play and people will know what to do. You have been so spot on in so many ways. And you actually answered a question right off the bat that I didn't verbalize, which was, I am a healer. I've been a healer for like 11, 12 years. And I wasn't sure whether that was going to carry through in terms of like me doing sessions or even doing group work because I'm starting to speak and my topic is on forgiveness. Yep. And um, so I'm like, well, I've gotten more opportunities right recently because my mom and my brother and my sister sided with my abuser against me. And so that brought up a lot of stuff from childhood too. And probably passed. Yeah. So you got a, an abandonment acceptance polarity there too. Betrayal. Is, yeah. Betrayal. This is powerful stuff. And this is what's coming up for all these humans. So yes, absolutely. Take this as your true career. And this is your time. This is the golden age of the healer. This is for you. <laughs> The other thing is I've been told for years, many, many years, like 10 years that from different people that I'm going to be creating my own healing modality, ah. <laughs> which has actually, which has actually happened because what I do now isn't very much like what I, I was trained in theta healing. And oh, that, was, yeah. that was the foundation of what I do, but it's like evolved way beyond that, just from downloads that I get from the creators. This so. is exciting. And it's <laughs> happened to many, many people. So it's going to be amazing to see all these new methods um, bloom and unfold for the benefit of all of us. Okay. Super quick question. When I'm up speaking on stage, sharing my story. I'm creating a TEDx talk and some keynote speeches re re around all these topics. 
can I beam that same theta healing type healing out as of course. I'm speaking? Yeah. In fact, um, you know, we, we naturally are going to offer a lot more through the 12 dimensions of the body than just what people hear through your voice. And just trust that that light and information will reach people the exact way it needs to in the exact timing. Something you said during a talk like that, months, even years later, would pop into somebody's head at the exact right time. As, and then they'll be like, oh my gosh, that lady Rebecca said this. I believe that's true now, you know? So just trust that whatever you're offering from all dimensions of the true self and from your soul, that that's what's going to reach people in the right way. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth. Well, Thank you, Alara. I love you. Awesome. Thank you, Rebecca. <laughs> all right. Hi, Catherine. One more. Hey. Catherine. There she is. So my question uh, kind of got twofold. I'm not sure if it really goes together, but you talk about being formless. And I guess I still don't understand what that really means. Is that a figurative? Is that literal? Are we changing our shapes? Um, and um, I, you know, you were talking about being left behind, but I feel there's a lot of these concepts I'm very thirsty for and very interested in. And I understand things intellectually, but I feel I can't, maybe it's a good thing I don't feel everybody's pain like they're they're expressing here. And I'm not feeling the changes of the earth and any of that. So I feel like I'm gonna be left behind. So I guess, am I on the right spiritual path? I mean, you know. I got you covered, I understand. So everything I say is absolutely literal. Everything I teach is literal. And formless has to do with literally, <laughs> when you look at the atomic structure of a person's body, you are very formless. Um, the reason why this particular concept is, is tough at the moment, it's twofold. Part of it's that, yeah, you've been really used to navigating your life which has been very oriented around form and intellect through the mind. And so you're good at that. But these days, when you're really learning, especially mysticism, you, can't, you cannot navigate mysticism with your mind. You have to navigate mystical concepts through the gut and the heart. And then your brain catches up. So what you're, you're kind of running it a little backwards and that's not your fault we were taught even in, especially in academia to do it from the head down um so now you're just kind of going to swap up ways of orienting yourself and you got to get really good at talking to your heart and your gut because you have three brains and we've been taught and and basically cut off from the other two brains we've been told we only have one brain and that's not true. Literally, it's not true. There are neurons in the heart and the gut. So we have three brains. And those three brains, they work together. And so we have been um, disassociated from those other two. And our brain mind in the head has been, has been basically trying to do the job of three brains. So then we feel really confused 
We do feel left behind when that happens. The fact is, is that if you're alive right now in a body, you are not left behind. The people who get left behind are the ones who are abusers and narcissists, and that's not you. So they get left behind because society doesn't want them. <laughs> we don't want to deal with them. Um, you're not going to be left behind. You're not being left behind. Everything you're doing is perfect. What I would do for you, what I would say is, um, you know, when you look at the atomic structure of the feminine body, it technically is more formless. It has it has the ability to run more energy through it. Like if you put a woman on a um, on a low frequency electrical shock, it moves through the female body faster than it does the male body. So electrical shock actually hurts masculine bodies more than it hurts women's bodies. And in a female body, your body is capable of handling more pain than a masculine body. So if you've ever seen these like hilarious videos where a guy gets set up with a electromagnetic pulse that's supposed to mimic period pains, and they're like rolling around in agony. And it's so hilarious for us ladies because we've we're like, told you so. <laughs> but actually, um, it's more painful for them because their bodies have more structure and more form and more muscle, and ours don't. So when we go through pain, it moves through our bodies and we can handle it better. We're 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 built for it. And so you literally are a physical better conduit. The other problem that you're having is that you've gone through more male lifetimes than female. And that happens. And so when people come into these female bodies, especially during big shifts, and they, they were used to, their soul was used to being in a more form-based body, the concepts of formlessness are just really foreign. And so, you know, the, those sorts of women will become very academic and scientific and they're trying to um, move through with the mind and stuff that they would have done um, in an excellent way as a male. But all you have to do to help you balance all this out and how to learn how to do the whole, I'm gonna learn from the gut and the heart and then let my brain catch up, um, is to talk to those two brains. So I literally talk to them and I ask them questions, but start with simple questions, right? So like, um, start with yes or no questions and start with ones that you know the answer to already. Right. So like if you have a, a, a pet that you love very much or a grandchild or a, or a child or a partner or a friend that you love a lot and you know you love them, then you can ask your heart, do I love, you know, my 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 kitty cat? Well, the heart's going to say, oh, yes, yes. And you'll feel it. So you got to get to know how your heart and your gut talk to your body. In fact, the the gut mind and the heart mind send more signals to the brain than the brain does to the rest of the body. And so those signals, you just got to get used to listening to them and paying attention to them and knowing what they are. So then you ask your gut, do I love my kitty cat? And the gut's going to say, yeah, I totally love the kitty. And you're going to feel the difference. And then you got to get a no question, right? Like, do I like to eat rocks? And the heart and the gut are going to be like, that's ridiculous. And you're going to feel it. They'll cinch up, right? So 
usually commonly people and this takes practice some people are really really cut off and they're like i don't feel anything um but the the heart will feel open and warm when it says yes um and then it'll feel kind of contracted when it says no and the same with the gut and sometimes there's just no answer like the gut's like meh it's not relevant to me because the the way the brain is the brain mind is that it's good at logic it's good at pros and cons and it's good at transactions so you know you remember when you your neighbor owes you a cup of sugar um, your brain was good at that now it's terrible at memory actually the seat of memory is not your brain the seat of memory is your heart because your heart doesn't regenerate so your heart has been with you since the very 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 moment it began to beat that heart has been with you and remembers every detail of your life neutrally the brain erases stuff the brain makes stuff up the heart does not the heart is the seat of your body memory so when she responds she's responding from your true experience and if she doesn't have experience with something like formlessness then she's going to be like i don't know this is this is kind of weird. Like, what does she mean we're formless? Because um, it just doesn't have experience with that. Uh, the gut is all about survival in harmony with nature. So when we say, you know, I have a bad gut feeling about that, it, it's usually around survival. And so the gut will tell you, don't go into that restaurant like you got a bad gut feeling because it knows that something's wrong and we feel that and that's the gut mind talking so you just got to get used to using these other two and working with them more by asking more questions of them and then you know trust yourself part of your problem is that you don't trust yourself you know you 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 really want to trust what i'm saying because you can feel you can tell that i'm telling the truth but you don't trust yourself. So I'm not worried about you trusting me. That's not gonna get you, you know, that might be useful to you at certain points, but if you can trust yourself, you're gonna get farther in this consciousness thing. And then the other piece is not everybody's supposed to feel what's changing on the earth. Not everybody's supposed to be an empath. I'm not, I have an open heart and I can feel energy and feelings from everybody else, yeah but i'm not built to be an empath i'm a psychic so there's other skills you have that are going to be more prominent such as just being a really wonderful person to um have people share their problems with and get solutions you might be really good at you might be the one who people come to when they have a big problem and they're like catherine's always going to have some good answer for me or she's at least going to listen to me and help me feel better um that's a really powerful skill that people underestimate. So pay close attention to what are your skills? Sometimes just being a, a conduit of blessings. If you can bless people, places, and things right now, that's really needed. That's giving extra light to the world. And if that's all you're here to do, that's incredibly powerful. And you need to trust that you have those skills that are gonna show up in your life and that you've learned. So life recapitulation would help you because you'd be able to see more clearly what your skills are so you can lean on those and we're all supposed to be different at all this stuff um otherwise we wouldn't be able to evolve properly 
So that's what I'm perceiving for you today. Does that feel true and make sense? It certainly does. You, that's, <laughs> that's wonderful. It's so much more clear. And uh, yeah, I'll get more in touch with those other two brains of mine. <laughs> yeah, you, you. it'll be really enjoyable. And you'll, your brain mind will be like, oh, thank God I need a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tend to analyze everything and overthink. <laughs> so do I. And, and, and that process of getting deeper into my body has been a, a long but beautiful and profound process. Yeah. Good. Good Thank luck. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, Catherine. You. Thank you. Thank you. And I just want to say everything that Elizabeth shared to answer Catherine's question, that is relevant for all of us. Okay. That was not just for Catherine. It was also relevant for all of us as well. So, you know, please, you know, that was really key important information and and practices and tools that we can all use um yes elizabeth does offer program on the three minds tool <laughs> i think yeah, it's in this package. Part the, that's part of the package yep i was just gonna say might be a good time to go through that yeah so i'm, I'm gonna put the link in the chat it's alara.at forward slash show forward slash elizabeth eight and i'm going to share my screen so give me one second should work Did it work? Yes. <laughs> Lately, I'm having a few issues, but yes, no, no, that did not work. Um, no, okay, hold on one second. Let me try again. I knew that somehow I got in, in my the link. Of... The link is up, um, and the screen yeah. share worked. It did work. Oh, I didn't think it did because. Okay, let me try one one more time. Maybe that was just me messing up. <clears throat> All right, so. There you go. This is the one. <laughs> so laura.at forward slash show forward slash Elizabeth eight. And this is the Becoming Homo Luminous package. And there's 11 items here. Um, so Elizabeth, do you want to just quickly go through yep. each of them? Got you covered. So I, I picked these classes that I um, specifically with this concept of in mind, these are not beginner classes. I don't think most of you are beginners at all. These are more advanced. Um, it's advanced concepts from anthropological work, but also mysticism combined. So the, and all of this is very literal. <laughs> so it's gonna be useful to you. The first class is the playground of time. And I wanna make sure you understand how to navigate time, how to use it. And I, there's a lot more than what I've described today in this class. Mm -hmm. But more than that, how do you even talk to your family about this stuff? How do you talk to your friends and family about this stuff? I covered that too. I want you to be able to talk to people about the true nature of reality easily. And that can be powerful. The second class is, um, it's a scientifically based class about light. There's a lot of different um, wavelengths of light many of which are available even more now because we don't have our electromagnetic field happening as strongly. And light being frequency, frequency being light, being very useful. How do you practice with it? How, what does it do to your body? Everything in this class is very scientifically based so that you can go find the things that I'm talking about for yourself. But more so, how do you use these different wavelengths purposefully to heal your body and others' bodies? Um, the, set, the third class is quantum and galactic anthropology. 
you really need to be able to understand the true nature of what's what are what are these aspects of reality from a human perspective how are they all entangled and how does quantum physics work to affect human consciousness and how do we affect the quantum field how exactly does that work this is a new branch of anthropology that really got started around 2015 and the and there's lots of other quantum and galactic anthropologists not just me but more than that you know what is the place and space that we're in and how exactly can you understand it how is that useful to you in your daily life so i'm always very practical and i want this branch of science to be useful to you so that you can be able to understand how this all works in a, in a, in a, it's very mental. This is a mental class. It's very mental, but it'll be, uh, it'll open up a new world of who you really are as a human. The fourth class is dissolving cultural conditioning. One of the biggest things that blocks people is that they've been conditioned, right? They've been culturally conditioned into specific patterns and structures. Well, especially now, it's really important that you dissolve as much of that as you can that's not going to be useful to you in these coming times. So how do you dissolve that? Well, there's very clear scientific, anthropological, and mysticism-based techniques to do that. And it's a straightforward, subjective, objective reclaiming of the experience. And there's two classes in this series. So there, that way, um, I spread it out because it's such a dense subject and it's such a deep method. I wanted to make sure it wasn't too overwhelming. But you know, how do you work with the personal and the universal and optimize your continued objective state? That's the goal. The next set of classes is also a two-part class. It's probably one of the most important series I've ever, ever taught called Navigating the Dimensions of Consciousness. The first class covers the dimensions, all 12 of them, in detail and what to expect from them and how do you use the dimensions effectively. How do you feel them? How do you discover them? Even those of you who have a hard time feeling energy, you can do this. And the second class is what are the traps? There's traps of consciousness in every dimension. What kinds of beings live in the dimensions? Beings live in every single one of these dimensions. And what are these sort of pitfalls that you want to make sure you don't fall into when you start to discover all this consciousness for yourself? So I really want you to be able to reclaim your birthright as a homo sapien, becoming homo luminous and access the 12 dimensions of consciousness that you have the right to have wide open for you at all times. The next class is called Remembering the DNA, Remembering DNA, the history and practicality of the Temple of Light. Who made DNA? DNA is a technology. You are in a technological advanced, highly advanced technological experience. Who made it? Why did they make it? What happened to DNA? What's happening to Earth? Why is there even DNA here on Earth? Why is there DNA on other planets? What is going on? This is more of the true history of, from the vantage point of the human experience through DNA, the true history of our galaxy. And I'm quite honored to be able to give that, that to you. This is about disclosure. 
And I believe that this will resonate with you very deeply and make a lot of things make a lot more sense, thankfully. The next piece is the Three Minds Workshop. And it comes along with an ebook. So like what Catherine was saying, like she feels kind of disconnected from these other parts of herself. I wanna not only give you access to your brain, your heart and your gut, but how to heal them, how to work with them in deeper ways. How do you turn it into a lifestyle? So I actually wrote a little book about it and I taught a very deep workshop about it. And that'll really give you what you need. It's a, it's a full body experience. It's a method. And this method works wonders. I, I, have a, I have many, many clients who are clinical psychologists and psych, psychiatrists, and they come to me and I get to the opportunity to teach them all these techniques. And I have got the best feedback from that world of the science of psychology and neurology. I've had the best feedback. They said that my techniques have been working for them and their clients better than almost anything they've learned and that i'm i am blown away by that but i'm just so honored that that's that they are experimenting with them in their clinical settings and it's working and that's just so awesome to me so i i think that'll work for you too um and then those that all turns into fully 11 classes altogether in this package but if you sign up with my community and any package you sign up for, you get automatically put onto the email list. Or if you'd like to just join me um, via my site, then you get access to, and this is sort of a bonus for buying the package too. I do a community call every month, unless something bad happens and I have to skip it. But um, usually we're able to meet for two hours and I answer as many questions as I can and any question goes. So. Um, it's a really nice way to talk about what's personally happening to us, how it connects to the greater, bigger sort of ship of humanity and the universal self. And then lastly, just for fun, I always like to add bonus music from my husband. He goes by the music name Bioluminescent Music, and I love his music. It's deeply meditative and healing, a big, expansive um, music and I want you to be able to have some fun with that. It's nourishing. I love music. I think it's one of the ways we're going to help heal the world. And um, he's he's able to do that. And um, I've always been so impressed. So I get to share that. So that's the package this time. And I want to make sure that it's affordable, that you can really get deep. And I really had to ask myself, what's it going to take? And these were the things that came up for you. Awesome. Thank you. And all of that is available for $97. And of course, the two and three part payment plan is available. And if you can, you can also use the gift code THCS10 to receive a, a bonus gift from me. So please do take advantage of that as well. Um, one second, let me just stop the share. Awesome. Thank you. Um, where are we? <laughs> My voice is going um i have the three <laughs> awesome that's great michelle this charity has the three minds program can we purchase individual classes I don't it's know way more expensive to do that yeah <laughs> usually my classes are 47 each if there's one that like pops out to you there it might not all these are available on my website so i've taught over 300 classes and most of them are not available um, but if, if you find something, you know, just understand it'll be more expensive 
if you do it that way, that's why I make sure to get on these summits and sell packages so that it's more affordable. Absolutely. Um, all right. So again, those packages are of that package is available at at alar.at forward slash show forward slash Elizabeth eight. So thank you so much, Elizabeth. There's so much there. Um, and you know, it might seem like there's a you know a whole lot, but the thing is go at your own pace. You know, you don't have to like do it all at once. You can go at your own pace, learn, practice, use the tools, you know, get comfortable with it, and it will start to change your life. It will literally start to change your life. Um, so awesome. Great. Anything I wanna else point, you wanna go ahead? Yeah, I want to point something out because um lately I've been getting commentary about people listening to my classes and they start getting dizzy and they start feeling weird or they fall asleep. So that's normal for when you're learning from a mystic. Mysticism cannot be learned. It has to be absorbed. And the only way you can absorb it is by listening to learning from or hanging out with mystics. So every single class I teach, there is a whole other set of things going on behind the scenes. I use all 12 of my light bodies to inform you. What you're hearing isn't just my voice teaching you. So if you end up having symptoms like that, what you should do is play it in the background and not pay attention to it the very first time so that you can absorb what's going on in the background and then and this works for everybody who's had these troubles. Listen to it in the background first. Don't pay attention to it. Um, you, you, you can listen to it while you're doing dishes or whatever, but uh, you can even have it playing in the background while you're watching TV or other stuff. What, it, what is going to happen is you'll absorb all this other stuff so your body won't resist it. And then listen to it a second time on purpose to take notes and pay attention and learn from it. And you'll find that you're way more able to pay closer attention. You won't fall asleep or you won't feel, feel weird. This happened to me even when I listened to my own teacher teach. And so when, when she's teaching me, I'm absorbing first and then I'm going in to learn. So um, it's common for that to happen when you're learning from someone who practices mysticism. Um, because we know how to use all, our, our, all of our 12 light bodies all at once to inform you. And that's a lot and it's and it's overwhelming for the system so that's what's happening and, um, and that's even happening that on this call because like rebecca is saying <laughs> i fell asleep for about 20 minutes towards the beginning of you speaking <laughs> i'm not surprised <laughs> yeah this, this is normal this is actually normal it's totally normal and not everybody talks about it but the mm -hmm. the answer is to just absorb you, your your brain shut off because like I can't handle this and then but then your body was absorbing it and then when you go back and listen to it again it won't feel so bad it won't feel so overwhelming yeah the symptoms be, will go away it'll be okay and yes. Kathy says thank you for telling us this I've been dizzy for weeks and signing up for your class <laughs> <laughs> there you go now you know <laughs> now you know it's all good not to worry but yeah just you know, you don't always have to listen, pay attention and try and get everything consciously because you're good. You're already receiving everything at the unconscious level anyways. Right. 
but yeah. our mind, our brain wants to try and figure it out and put it into boxes and put it in, into compartments and, you know, and that's what is making you tired. You know? Absolutely. That's what, that's what I think anyways. Yeah. And the body resists it. Cause it's like, this is like 12 dimensions of stuff. Ah, There's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wonderful. Thank you for, for sharing that, Elizabeth. Absolutely. Um, anything else? I know we went overboard. I'm over. Oh, no, no, no. It's all we I think it's great. And no, I don't really have anything else except just this reminder. You know, don't don't let this whole human hate program stuff run the show for you. When when you and pay close attention to this and you'll see it everywhere this whole idea that humans are a scourge on the earth or a virus or a cancer and that we all should go and all these terrible things. Um, don't let that affect you. That's all lies and it's not true. And you are a creator being and you're important and you're vital. When one human goes missing prematurely off Indra's net, the gaping hole that is left is very difficult to close. So your presence, no matter what you do, you don't have to be doing this stuff that I do, but in these classes, you know, when you receive this information, you're gonna be able to learn very specific things that are really practical and easy. I do not teach things that are difficult. I teach stuff that's easy because otherwise we can't do it. We don't, we've got lives, it's tough. So I just want you to be able to understand, even if you don't, end up sharing this information and like teaching people about it if it's just for you that's powerful and your presence is important it's key to making sure this giant ship called homo sapiens sails correctly into the inevitable experience of homo luminous so i want you to understand how key and important you are and to drop all of that self-hatred to to drop this idea that you aren't valuable or important. That's all part of that human hate program. We've been programmed to believe that and drop it, drop it. Be willing to feel the truth that I'm saying that you are a powerful 12 dimensional creator being meant to help um, all beings on this planet, animals, plants, and Gaia move forward into something that we were meant to experience from the beginning and we will reclaim that that's the job beautiful powerful thank you so much Ooh, what a call right wasn't that amazing <laughs> wow thank, thank you, you so much yeah thank you elizabeth and thank you everybody for all your questions um whether you spoke or you put in the chat thank you thank you thank you for being present here with us and receiving all of this information and wisdom and energies and frequencies you know you're receiving all of that so please do and because you know because it was so much please take a moment and drink some water go outside ground if you if there's still sunlight out get some sun if there's moonlight out <laughs> like for me now get some moonlight just you know take a few deep breaths to, so you can continue to integrate all of the wisdom and energies and frequencies okay so thank you so much, everyone. Take advantage of Elizabeth's package. Uh, it's available at alar.at forward slash show forward slash Elizabeth eight. And again, thank you. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Thank this you, was Laura. wonderful. We will talk Namaste. soon. <laughs> thank you, everyone. Absolutely. Bye for now. Until next time, may you continue to be blessed with an abundance of joy, peace, love, happiness, prosperity, and radiant health. Much love and blessings. Bye.
Bye, everyone. <clears throat>